Welcome everyone, this is the Chat Footy Podcast. It was almost a morbid episode, Dave, but about 10 minutes ago, that soon changed. We've got all Mr Kane coming up trumps. Uh, um, I am Chris Phelps and I'll pass you over to Dave to lead us into what I'm talking about. Hey guys, I'm Dave. We've just watched England snatch victory right at the death and do what they don't normally do, which is actually win an opening game. So it, it's massively changed the mood, hasn't it? So, Chris, I mean, we might as well start there, might we? It, it yeah. seems rude not to. So what did you make to the game? Well, I thought first 15, 20 minutes, brilliant. Loads of energy, totally different England set up to what we'd said. Obviously, we've got our own WhatsApp group, and I totally agree with what you'd said about Harry Maguire. He looks a cracking player on the ball as well. Cool on the ball. Especially in the second half. Yeah, it? really coming to his own. But I, I was really impressive, England, and obviously... They got the goal and then everything was going well. And then the penalty was, you know, if that's a penalty, we know there was one with Harry Kane at the other end at least. So it's being consistent. VAR's there for a reason. So why that wasn't picked up on, I do not know. And then obviously after that one stage score, Tunisia didn't look a bit shaky, but it was all one way second half. And I just it just had the undertones of a classic... England throw everything at him in the first game, draw or getting beat on a, a breakaway. And I was wrong. I, I genuinely, I had it all planned out. I kept saying to you in the last few minutes, let's go, Dave, ready to go, ready to go. So I thought we're just going to absolutely tear into him, but don't need to do anything now, Dave. I'm happy with that result. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, I've got to say, the English commentators do my head in quite a lot, though, because they just go so overboard so quickly. You know, they, the, the England were really good in the first 15, 20 minutes. And I, I must admit, though, I did think we're going to pay for these chances missed. You, you, you've got to be more clinical at that level. Um, Lingard missed a couple. Um, Sterling might as well not have been on the pitch. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. awful. Um, and I, I just thought we're, we're going to pay for this. And, I mean, the penalty that we conceded again you you kind of the commentators are saying oh well you know it's a bit he's just protecting himself i, I think it's just biased he's he's basically clotheslined him yep you know and and i think ferdinand said in the commentary you know he's got his body position all wrong you know for the ball coming over he's facing the goal you know that that's not where you should be facing. So I think it's yeah, it is soft, but it's absolutely Kyle Walker's fault there. And and I thought Kyle Walker started off the whole game pretty poorly. He looked like a man who was panicking. Unfortunately, yeah. not so much right after that. But second half, he sort of he got a little bit better. But yeah, get back to my original point. The commentators go so overboard when we have a decent little spell. They're saying like, oh, this is the most impressive team I've seen in the World Cup so far. Really? More impressive than Spain and Portugal and more impressive than Mexico? Not for me. Not for me. No, and I agree. I mean, look, I'm a pessimistic England fan. I'm a fair weather fan these days. You know, like I say, gone are the days where they had the reversible shirts and the, the, you know, the the, the Davy Beckham blonde highlights and all that stuff. I used to be well into me, England. I'm very, very sick of the politics. But like we'd said a couple, you know, with the first episode, the the politics seems to have been eradicated. You've got to give Southgate a lot of props for that. But 
they weren't a good team tune this year. So it's not like we've just gone out there and took, you know, Brazil apart or France apart. They were an average in qualifying. You would expect them to. I know the Tunisia is a totally different concept, but in, you know, if you were playing this sort of team in the Euros qualifying or the World Cup qualifying, like some, you know, random European team, they're not in the top twenty teams in the world. They're not even probably in the top fifty, Dave. You know, so so. I, I just don't buy into it. I, I don't buy into it. It's a great result. Three points on the board. Brilliant. Let's build on it. Get the fitness levels up and stuff like that. Cause they've not played for a few weeks and go again. And that's it. That's exactly what it is. It's given them a platform to get through to the second round. So build on it. Not, you know, tomorrow the papers is just going to be full of it, aren't they? And that's not me just absolutely going backwards on England. But like you said, you've got to be grounded. It wasn't, a great performance in the second half. It was a grinding England performance. And, you know, we chatted and Ben had said, um, obviously you can't be with us tonight, but Ben had said, like, he's sick of Ashley Young. I've had to put up with that all season. You've got a right-footed player. Is that, is that what he's like for United? Honestly, because that, that honestly, was driving Dave, me nuts. Dave, I swear to you. Oh, sorry, was it you who said it? I swear to you, Dave. No, Ben, ben, yeah. ben said it, but I was I was thinking the same thing. Oh, it's so frustrating, Dave. And, and like, we've had it for years at Old Trafford and I'm going back to United, but... It just frustrates me. Put a left footer on there. Danny Rose is there or whoever. Put somebody who's left footed in that position. It makes more sense for the overlaps. It's just oh, it's so frustrating. I know his delivery can be on point and that. There's a couple of chances that Lingard should have scored and I think Sterling fluffed one. He's good at that. But when he's not, and he didn't have a great game, he had a couple of good deliveries. It's like, no, there's got to be somewhere else in the team. I'm sorry. Because everything seemed to go through Ashley Young for some reason. Well, I think I saw Young try to cross it with his left foot once. And there was so much space on that side. It, it was as if they were saying, go on, go on, run down there. I know you're yeah. not going to. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the ironic thing, you know, Danny Rose might end up at United and, and replace him <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, this summer. So it, it just seems... It seems a bit odd to me. I mean, he's having a, a kind of renaissance in his career, isn't he, Ashley Young? It, yeah. You thought he'd fade out and then he suddenly made this left-back spot his own. But the fact that he just cuts inside and wants to cross it in with his right every single time, I, I think it, it's, it's just too predictable. Yeah, it is. And he's going to come up against a world-class player there who's going to show him the outside. And he's not got the pace that he used to have, so he's not going to show that pace down there, unless he's got a yard on him or something, you know, to get past him. But it's the same stuff, Dave, over and over. And on the right side, you had Trippier, didn't you? He, he wasn't very good at crossing it either, you know. And every time it comes to someone, it was always it in the man. It was, I mean, look, we've won. That's it. You, you move on to the next game. It's just, there's not as many plaudits out there as what's going to be in the press tomorrow. Let's be honest here. No rose-tinted glasses and all that stuff. There isn't. And and, it, and it'll set them up for a fall if people are delusional to think they're going to do something. Well, honestly, in that in that first fifteen twenty minutes, for as good as England were, I thought honestly Tunisia looked like the occasion was getting the best of them. You know, yeah. and they honestly, I thought they looked like the worst team in the tournament. I thought they looked worse than Saudi Arabia, um, any of the other teams that I've seen. So you know, yeah, England played well. I thought Tunisia were awful and I was watching it with my father-in-law here and I was, I, I was saying, I, I don't think they can play, you know, in, at half time. I was saying, I don't think they can play as badly as they did in that first half. This is the, 
this is the highest rated team in Africa. Think of all the top African sides that you've got. Well, these guys are at the top of the tree. So there's something there that they're not showing us right now. And sure enough, they, they were taking the mickey out of us. A yeah. lot. You know, I was talking about, you know, if we played Spain, we won't get the ball back. There were times tonight when we couldn't get the ball back off Tunisia. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally and agree. I'll just say, so we don't we don't want to spend all night on on England, obviously, but you know, I thought the substitutions, uh, you know, in our WhatsApp group, I was saying, actually, I probably said it later than when I was actually thinking about it, but Sterling was just doing my head in. You know, again, I think he's a great player, but for whatever reason, I. I think I said in our preview show, I don't want a chance fall into him because yeah. he'll just fluff it. And, you know, I think I think that chance he did fluff was offside, wasn't it? But it was just awful. I mean, it, it came across to him and you, you're thinking, well, just side foot it in with your right foot. And he sort of, he sort of throws both feet at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Um, but when Lingard, uh, not Lingard, when Rashford came on for Sterling, I thought immediately he injected a little bit of urgency, a bit of directness, and you know, in a shorter amount of time, he did more than what Sterling did in the in the in the first sixty minutes. But well, apart from the only negative thing I'll say about Rashford, what was he doing when the ball got passed back to him? And oh, you're yeah. thinking, just smack it. He he must have got a call from Lingard behind him who seemed to be marked by two players, which would be bizarre. But that was the that, that was really frustrating at that point because it was still 1-1 then, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. But even better, even more of an impact, and I was pretty surprised, to be honest, was that Loftus-Cheek. I thought he played really well and, again, just gave us a bit of directness and looked like he, he actually wanted to produce something when he came on. It's weird, isn't it? Because, you know, we have these tournaments. And when we first gave in, and it sounds like we've got beat and we haven't, you know, we've won. But, Dave, with you know, we're both, I'm 40 this year, you're 40. It's like, we've seen this so many times, haven't we? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not being disrespectful to what's just happened. I do actually quite like the look of what Southgate's trying to do. He's trying to be a bit more dynamic. But you can't have three or four players in a team who literally in front of goalie uses. You might have had Danny Welbeck on then and had the full sweep of front four because yeah. if it wasn't for Harry Kane, we weren't winning that game. We probably would have got beat because Sterling's terrible at finishing. Lingard's terrible at finishing. And all Lingard gets the odd worldy like Sterling does, but they're not great finishers. Danny Welbeck's not a good finisher. So, so you've got, you're hampered by that. Rashford can be, but he's always out on the left. So Rashford's not on the level of Harry Kane by any stretch of the imagination, not at all, Dave. But he has got something in him when he wants to, Rashford, and he's got that bit of height as well. I mean, he's taller than me. I've met him in person. I'm mm-hmm. six, six one or six two. He's taller than me, so he's a big lad. But you can just see Harry Kane is world class, like I said, and and he, and you know he knows where to be in the right place at the right time, and that's what you've always got with him. But no, I just I just think this again. It's, it's you know what it was looking like when I was watching it tonight, Dave. I, I begrudgingly say this. It was like watching United. Loads of loads of bluster and not enough uh, yeah, energy, yeah. and too many um, square pegs in round holes, unfortunately. And that's a bad thing. The only positives I'd say are Harry Maguire and obviously Harry Kane, mm-hmm. and they're, they're the two things I'd say. 
Yeah, so I must admit, as I was watching the Fantasy League and everyone else was clocking up all the points and I'd made Harry Kane the captain, I'm sort of thinking, oh, I've blown it here. And there were a couple of times, weren't there, you know, where he should have had a penalty. I mean, it was MMA stuff in there. Yeah, it was. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I just, I'd love to hear the officials actually say, you know, did they see that? Do they have to call VAR to say, have a look at this? Or do VAR have to tell them? Or it's just the most blatant thing that I've seen. And so I don't understand. So, so you know, they singled him out for the rough treatment. And I tell you what, if Tunisia are doing that, every single team is going to do absolutely the same thing to Kane. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think what's coming out here, though, Dave, is it's becoming more apparent there is ways around with VAR because it's if that person watching on TV sees it. So there's always going to be ways around that. I know you're under more scrutiny, but... Why was that not given? It's not even close, is it, to being no. a 50-50? It was a blatant penalty. If you're going to give it the other end, and that was a penalty at the other end, then give it, you know, England have got to have one, but obviously yeah. he saved his best to last. So yeah, we'll move on and see what well, he, happens. He's just, he's just so impressive, isn't he? I mean, he, he just keeps on going. So the fact that he's been manhandled for most of the match and then somehow finds about five yards of space in yeah in a box with you know probably Jordan Pickford was the only one not in the box at that point it was just really really impressive and and when you saw it from there was one camera angle because in real time it looked like oh it's, it's brilliant to get in that space but he's it's just a simple nod in well no actually there was another angle where you saw he just had to head it into the near post where the keeper wasn't because the keeper was stood fairly close to him and, and could have made a save. So, yeah, it was, it was a really good, impressive finish, that one. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's going to get us further than what we probably deserve to. So let's hope he keeps, keeps himself fit. And again, my final word on this, again, how ridiculous does it make it look that in the last tournament, he was the one taking the corners. I know. I've just seen that stat as well. That is absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. What 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 stats that? That that he was taking the corners. Someone yeah, said like yeah. he, you know, who would have thought that the man taking the corners pops up with two goals in the box? And it's absolutely stupid because yeah. he's about six two, six three, and he's he's a big lad. So and, and again, it's just you 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 world class strikers. They just find that space. They have they have that bit of more time than everyone else. The ball just seems to fall to them, you know, in the commentary team there. You've got the likes of Lineker, Alan Shearer. You know, again, you've got 20 players in the box and the ball, ball just seems to bobble to them. And then they tap it in. You know, again, I thought Roy Hodgson was probably the worst England manager uh, in recent times. He was certainly the worst Liverpool manager. And, yeah. and again, I just think it, it's just another damning indictment of of some of his choices. Exactly. But anyway, brilliant Harry Kane. And tomorrow morning, hopefully the Fantasy League team's all refreshed and we can see what the actual points are. And I mean, things are looking a bit healthier from my perspective than they were before today started. I think you're back on that table, Dave, to be fair. So yeah, no, it'd be good. It'd be good. And then... Obviously, if we're leaving uh, England, I saw the cracking game before the Belgium Panama game. Did you see that? Yeah, so I I missed the 
I missed about 20 minutes of the second half. The first half was real, really quite disappointing, to be honest. When I, when I look, you know, I, so you sometimes forget, don't you, about how strong Belgium are. You know, I talked in the preview about um, the fact that they're dark horses and can you really be dark horses tournament after tournament? But then when they were going through the players, I'm like, well, just Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard together. You yeah. know, they, you've got probably the best player for Man City and the best player for Chelsea, both playing together behind that big brute Lukaku, who, you know, he just, he always pops up with a goal, but he's really strong at holding it up. You know, I thought, actually, you know what, this this could be an absolute whitewash. And to be fair, the, you know, the, the scoreline, uh, as predicted by me, of course, <laughs> <laughs> the scoreline did make it look comfortable. But in that first half, it definitely wasn't comfortable, and and I thought they, uh, I thought Panama did well. Yeah, they had a few silky plays, but again, another team punching above its weight because then about five hundred to one. So whether it flattered the Belgians, I don't know. But I thought the Bruyne run the show with Hazard, and obviously Lukaku popped up with two good goals, and the first goals from um, Axel Witz or whatever he's called, that was a great goal. Oh that was, yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. belting goal. That, that was old school uh, volley. That. I tell you what, we've seen some good goals, haven't we, already? Yeah, cracking goals. Yeah, I mean, just right over into the far corner there. And to be fair, you know, I thought Lukaku's were... I thought both of them were good for different reasons. Mm. It's, it's Lukaku's first one, the ball in with the outside of the right foot from De Bruyne, just, and then gets gets the head on it, Lukaku at the far post, and then nice little chip of the keeper in the... Uh, for his second and Belgium's third. Yeah, no. The ones to watch, Dave, you're not giving more confidence going into the next game. Definitely. Well, the I mean, the other thing that I, I took away from that game, I don't think England are going to have it particularly easy against Panama. I mean, no. let's face it, right? Belgium was struggling until that worldie <laughs> was scored. They were struggling to break them down. And yeah, I think you know. I think we'll win probably, um, but it's going to be another tough match. I think, especially the Belgian game. That's going to be a tough game. That. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, we've got a win now. We've got three points now. If we beat Panama, Belgium becomes a little bit of a moot point, doesn't it? You know, it, it, it's it's a difference between finishing first and second, probably. But what will probably happen is England will draw against Panama and have to beat Belgium and get beat. Yeah. So you know that's probably what's going to happen. But yeah, yeah. no. Need to we'll roll see. David Platt out. Yeah, yeah. The old Platt, Gaza, and Matt Wright. Yeah, the old classics. Yeah. But no, good good game. So yeah, not bad. Well, now, Dave, what about the upset? Well, there was two upsets yesterday, but the main upset yesterday was Germany v Mexico. What a game Mexico played. This is one of my favourite games so far, to be honest. And I think, again, I tipped Germany strongly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd said, you know, I just cannot see anyone, you know. You've got France, Spain, Brazil. Yeah, they're probably going to be in with a shout. But Germany, I think, are going to be too strong. Well, I have to say, Mexico were really impressive, but I have not seen Germany play that badly for a long time. No, 
No, I mean, I caught, I watched literally the whole game, but there was about a 15 minute lull in the second half where I, I turned it off, was running around, it was on in the background, come back in. And as soon as I saw Meza Ozil, it just looked like I was watching Arsenal when they're getting beat and he's just laboring with the ball, trying to, yeah. you know, trying to, uh, pick pockets and stuff like that. And it just wasn't working. He had that same look he has for Arsenal. And I thought they're not going to get a goal here. Not at all. And I think, I mean, they, they hit the post. So Brandt had a, yeah. had a brilliant shot. Uh, and it, again, it would have been another worldie and it just clipped the outside of the post. But I kind of thought they were sort of, they were sort of crying out for Sane. I yeah. thought, you know, they, they, Again, they looked quite laboured, quite slow, uh, because Mexico were they were defending in numbers and then breaking quickly, weren't they? Yeah. And Germany didn't really seem to have much of a clue on how to break them down. And, you know, someone like Sane would have got down the wings with that pace and, and really given them something to think about. But, but yeah, it was a brilliant game. And I, I do have to say, though, you know, because we do carry our biases with us, don't we? Javier Hernandez, I don't think I've seen him miss quite so many chances. Normally, he's that sort of player that he buries, he just needs one chance, doesn't he? And then that's yeah. it, bang, goal. Yeah. And there are a few times in that game, I thought, he just looks just looks a bit off the pace. I don't know if that's what playing for West Ham does here, but... I've not seen him have as bad a game as that. Although he probably he's probably got an assist, hasn't he? Because he played the ball through for that bloke who scored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name now, but but yeah, absolutely brilliant game. Oh, class! I saw um, thingy this afternoon. I didn't know if you caught any of the Sweden South Korea game. Yeah, yeah. So I, I caught that one. Um, got a couple of days off work just to immerse myself in the footy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. And the subplot to all of this, as you know, I'll talk about the predictions after, but I was languishing at the bottom of the table before today started. <laughs> I was getting a bit concerned. Um, I'd be left behind and my credibility would be shot to pieces. But, um, yeah, it's, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because... Again, both sides had chances. Um, South Korea looked technically quite handy, but I think Sweden could have probably won three or four nil, couldn't they? Yeah, they, they missed a lot of chances. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think as well, Korea had the energy, but they haven't got the quality. They've only got a couple of good players, haven't they? Like Sun's yeah. a great player for Tottenham, and he's a great player. But you, you need that. He's the catalyst. It's a bit like when Park Sun used to play. For South Korea, that like you know, he wasn't a great player, but at that level, he was their best player there, David Beckham. When he obviously in the Premiership, he was just a workman like squad mm-hmm. player for United. So I think it's the same thing. Son's got more than that. He's a great player, but he's just he needs everyone else around him. So you know, it it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it can elevate and they can they can sneak a victory, but they just never looked like they were going to score at did times. You see, did you see there was one point? Um, was it the first half or second half? I think it might have been the first half when Son was running down the right wing and you had this cart horse, Granquist, who, who popped the penalty away later on in the game, trying to chase after him. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just, he did, he just looked like a cart horse and Son was just racing away from him. 
So, yeah, he just uh, took him. Co- and like I say, they might surprise your career. They might get another victory somewhere on the line, but it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, real yeah, tough. Absolutely. For them. And then yesterday we saw Brazil against Switzerland again. Another worldie from Coutinho yeah. this time, and it's it's another one of those, isn't it? Some of the shots that we get of these great worldy goals are fantastic. And again, in just all in HD, it just makes it look that bit better. You can see the pattern on the balls spinning and everything. It's another one that was just bending way outside of the goal and just curls right in. It deserved to win any game, to be honest, that. Oh, but brilliant. What, what did you make of the, so the headed equaliser, what did you make of that little push on the on the defender before he he nods it in. Um, he, well, he was well. To be fair, we've seen free kicks given because he was using him as leverage, one for the header. So you, you've seen it before, Dave. You're a bit of a bit of a not, but but again, what, why wasn't VAR implemented? Because you know the watch goes off. Why didn't someone watching it? Because it, once it goes in, there's going to be more replays of a goal going in than anything. Why wasn't it picked up? I think. But, I think. I wouldn't have been upset if he'd given it, but knowing the fact that it's Brazil and that my hatred for Neymar, I was quite happy that he didn't. <laughs> Neymar, who obviously likes to roll around on the grass quite a lot. Oh, it's just boring. I said to you before, didn't I, before the thing about the Neymar, I don't believe the hype, and you agreed, and I was like, I don't believe the hype, and I don't think it's going to be a walkover, which it's not. Brazil are going to struggle. There was so much space on that pitch, Dave. Against a proper team, they're going to get the floor white with them. There's going to be a 4 or 5 nil going down. Well, I, I think, you know, they were quite heavily fancied, obviously, on home turf in the last tournament, weren't they? And then that's when uh, that's when they ran into Germany. <laughs> that's what I mean. I can see it again, Dave. I can see a team like a Spain or someone, or, or maybe... I won't say a portrait, but someone's dynamic, you'll absolutely wipe the floor with them. Honestly, I can see it. There was too much space there for um, Switzerland at times. If they had a bit more quality, they might have actually beat them. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't know. Just, I mean, getting on to the goal, I think I'd have been a bit annoyed if that was England conceding a goal like that. Yeah, yeah which would be typically England. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, the little push on the back. Now, to your question, why wasn't VAR implemented? If you go off what the commentators are saying, every single goal is reviewed. Right. But I, you, there's no, there's nothing to tell you that it's being reviewed and whether they've given it the okay, is there? So after a goal's scored, you've got a few seconds of like, should we treat that as a goal? And we're not sure. You know, maybe if, you know how they have the, the scores in the top left-hand corner? Yeah. Well, maybe if they had like, you know, little traffic lights or something in the top right-hand corner where it says, you know, it, it pops up a red if the goal's been disallowed. You know, and because you, you know, so you know the VAR review is going on and they either give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. But at the minute, yeah. it's just all a, all a bit grey, isn't it? Yeah, because there was an incident in the Korea game where <clears throat> it was a penalty and it was a penalty, but it looked at first glance like the defender had got the ball. So they carried on. Korea gets to the edge of the, of the Swedish box and then they, they take it back and he so, gives the penalty. So that's interesting you read it that way. I thought it was interesting because I think the referee just bottled it. Yeah. Because 
in real time, to be quite honest, the way the direction of the ball, the way it moved, I thought that's a nailed on penalty. Why is he not given that? Yeah. Let's play out both scenarios. So one is he says, I think that's a penalty. I want to go to VA. Well, I see there's three, isn't there? He could just give the penalty. Yeah. Second is, he says, right, I think that's a penalty. Stop the game. I want to look at VAR. The third one, he's he's having his cake and eating it. So he's like, yeah, I'm 90% sure. But just play on, lads. Play on. Right, guys, review that for me. Let me know. Let South Korea walk up the pitch with the ball and then... Oh no! Yeah, it definitely looks like you want to look at this one. All right, I'll I'll have a look at it now. It seemed to me he bottled making that initial decision because he knew that he could play on for a little bit, get someone to give him a second opinion first, and then give himself time. Right? Okay, let's go and have a look at the cameras. Yeah, and that's true because that's what's going to happen now. The referees are going to let someone else take the blame for a decision. Yeah. It's for me. It's the book should stop with the referee, and it seems to me, just from that incident, I was thinking, oh, they're just going to absolve themselves of everything now. You know, it's going to be, no, no, we'll just edge our bets and, you know, kind of ruin the game. Yeah, yeah. Strange, strange. It's got to be better than that. It's got to be quicker, but well, obviously it's going to improve over time. Yeah, so. but I tell you what, I mean, it was getting back to Brazil against... Switzerland. So we basically had you've got Spain, you've got Germany, you've got Brazil, and you've got Argentina. All failed to win their opening games. Yeah. I can't imagine that's happened very often where all all of them I mean France won, didn't they? Dubiously, right at the end. Um But yeah, that's I thought that was pretty interesting. It's weird, isn't it? Weird, but but it makes for fun TV because you're watching it Absolutely. going. At some point, someone's going to get a massive decision wrong, and it'll just be debated. At the moment, they're pretty clinical on what they do, and it is good with the offsides and stuff like that. Like Lukaku's goal was ominous, but it wasn't when you watched it again. It's like he's onside. There was two players clearly playing him onside, but from the angle at first, it looked like he was slightly off. So yeah, it works, and it and it does work for now. It's just if something goes wrong somewhere down the line, then we'll know what the, the fallout is. I think, you know, the so they're going to get more decisions right. But what it's taught us so far is VAR does not get rid of the controversy around it. No. What it creates, I think, is an expectation that you need to get every decision right. Yes. Because and they, the, they're not. No, and there was, a, there was a bit there with career at the end, obviously the 1-0 down, and it was just a random, like, the guy just hit the deck. It wasn't like he got fouled, but they chased and hounded the ref, hoping that his watch goes off, you know, to yeah, review it, because yeah. they're just going, yeah. they're that desperate. And that's what it's going to do now. It's going to get the referees under more pressure because they're just going to keep surrounding for any decision. Next season, if it, if it does come into the Premiership properly, every single game, it's going to be a nightmare in some of them games because they're just going to pile around the ref for every decision, aren't they? I think they've said already they're not they're not implementing it next year. I, ah, I, right, okay. I think they have. That, that's in the back of my mind. I've got absolutely zero facts to back that up, but I'm sure I've heard that on the radio or something. 
Oh, right. That, that it's just not mature enough. The idea of it is is great. It's just the implementation of it. And what, what we saw last year in the cup competitions, it's just not really mature enough for, to go ahead in the league kind of format. Yeah. No, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it, and it makes a logical uh, explanation. So, yeah, good stuff. So, Dave, did you see, moving on from the Brazil game, Costa Rica, Serbia? I did. Um, I saw this one. Don't, it wasn't a memorable game like some of the other ones that we've we've seen. So, I'd, in the predictions, I talked about how this team wasn't really a patch on the one that we saw at the last World Cup. But to be fair, they, they look quite handy against Serbia. And yeah. probably a little bit unlucky to lose in the end. I mean, it's a great free kick from Kolarov to win the game. But there really, really wasn't much in it at all. No, I thought it was quite end-to-end towards the end, Dave. It was a good game. I did yeah. see the end. I did see the end of it. I see. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't even see the goal. It was on at the end one. There were highlights that saw the goal, but I did see the end of it. So, and I like that sort of uh, drama as well of them chasing the game because of how important it is. You know, you, you, I think even mm. in some respects, you get more mistakes in World Cup games than anything because of the importance of what it is. Everyone just seems to throw hell for leather, don't they? Like, I saw the Germans and uh, Neuer was in the box and stuff towards the end. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. And that's just a group game. I mean, what a great result for Serbia, though. You know, especially with Brazil and Switzerland picking a point off each other. Yeah. It could knock one of them out, potentially, couldn't it? I think more than likely it's probably going to be Switzerland, but... It sets it up if Brazil, I mean, if Brazil don't win the next game, they're going into that final game. And because, like say, Costa Rica are no jokers. It could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah. Brazil have got Costa Rica next. Yeah. And then Serbia plays Switzerland. So, you know, again, you're thinking if, if you're Serbia. And again, we were talking about, I think in our preview show, didn't I tip them as the, you know, the the rank outsiders? But if you were going to look at anyone, I, I can't remember if they were 500 to one or 200 to one. Or so there was something, they were, they were north of 100 to one, I'm sure. But you look at some of the players, I, I think, you know, it pains me to say, but I think Matic is a great player. Yeah. I, I still, I'm still dumbfounded as to why Chelsea sold him to you, to be honest. But he is a great player. Um, I didn't really see a lot of this. I was expecting a lot from this Milinkovic-Savic that everyone's been talking about. But, yeah. you know, I didn't really see a lot of him. He looked quite handy, but but didn't really do too much. But it's only one game. But, yeah, that's that's going to be a real cagey affair, that one, the Serbia-Switzerland game. Because Switzerland are quite decent. I mean, they're rated quite highly, aren't they? They've... Always had good technical players, been well drilled, well organised. So, yeah, they were, they were a good yeah. team, Dave. They weren't. They were no uh, slouches, and I think I thought they outfought Brazil. Brazil just had that little bit of flair, but I, there's nothing going to convince me with Brazil. I think they're not going to go to the final. I really don't. Not at the moment, yeah. anyway. Unless they set the world on fire in the next two games, I don't know. But at the moment, I'm not convinced. I think they, they have, they're a bit like France. They've got a lot of skill, but I don't know if they've got that underbelly. But then again, with Germany struggling, who knows? It's we're only one game in. It could be totally wrong. It could be a Germany Brazil final or something stupid like that again. So yeah, you just, yeah. You just, you just never know. I could be totally off. We've had it before where like teams like Italy have lost the first game and gone all the way and won it. So 
you know, you've you've almost taken the words out of my mouth there. So Italy were were the most extreme, weren't they? Usually, yeah. you know, they they always started off the tournament pretty poorly, but then they know what it is to be in a tournament, and then they just get better and better and better as it goes on. So, you know, I still wouldn't rule out, I, you know. The Germans will be doing some real soul searching. I mean, we've talked about Argentina, Spain, Brazil, all drawing games, but to actually lose that opening game, I can imagine there's, you know, old Joachim Lowe would have been possibly given a bit of the hairdryer treatment, wouldn't they, after the game? Yeah. Oh, they're, gone. So they're, they're going to be feeling the pressure, I would have thought. But, you know, it's it's just the opening game, isn't it? So... I am pretty sure the Germans will come flying out of the blocks in the next game. Yeah, yeah, Just I think so. As sure I was as I was that you know no one could touch Germany in this tournament. <laughs> 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 so, so it's by no means a banker at all. No, no, it could be the worst thing that happened on Germany getting beat because they're going to come out like you say they're going to absolutely go for it. So it could be the worst thing for everyone if they just go for it. Well, I think it, it may be. Uh, it could be the wake-up call. I, I don't think they've they've been outplayed and outfought like that for a while. No, I, I, the only, you know there was a time when England beat them a couple of times, wasn't there? You know, ten yeah. plus years ago, the five-one and then the one-nil. Those weren't great German sides, but around that time, you know, they were having a bit of a lull. It was probably since about those days that I've seen Germany being so poor. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, Dave. So uh, moving on, we've got the matches coming up. What are your predict? Well, you can go first if you want, Dave. What predictions have we have you got for um, Russia v Egypt? So this all again for me hinges on Salah. I said that he, he appeared on the bench, but I'm convinced he wasn't fit, and everyone knew he wasn't fit. But it was like a not a political thing, but just a bit of morale, you know, for the supporters to see that he's there. He might actually get on the pitch this time, which will which will make it interesting. So, can I have two predictions? One with Salah, one without. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. No, we take the first answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being the home nation and the way they came out the blocks, I'm kind of. Th- Edging towards Russia. You know what? I'm going to go one all with this one. Okay. So, f- uh, have you got Ben's predictions, by the way? Y- yes, but not to hand. No, it doesn't matter. We can add them in afterwards. So, so no, it's fine. Let's talk for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, because I realise Anne put um, Wednesdays in as well. I don't worry. It's fine. Uh, well, I'm, I'm the opposite, actually, Dave. I think Egypt's are going to turn up. I was thought they were quietly working away until that late goal in the last game. So I actually think that um, Egypt are going to win. So I'm going 2-1 to Egypt. And then for the next one, I'll go first. Um, Colombia v Japan. Now, Japan are my boys have got in the work sweepstakes, so that means they're going to get absolutely trounced. <laughs> I don't know anything about either team. I honestly couldn't say to you who's doing what or what's going where. So I'm going 2-1 to Japan. Like yourself, Dave? You know, I'm going to go one all as well. Not through any deep football analysis, but like yourself, I don't really know 
too much about these teams right now. Uh, I just know more about their historical teams, so I think I think they're roughly about the same in the in the standing. I, I think I would maybe edge towards Colombia actually, but um, no, I'm going to go another one-one draw. Cool. And actually, so I do have Ben's here. He's going to go two-nil Colombia. Yeah, that's fair enough. And so the other one is Poland v Senegal. Um, well, I'm going with Poland because I don't know anything about Senegal. Robert Lewandowski is the man. So I'm going to go with 3-0 to Poland. Wow. I'm going to go 1-0 Poland, I think. Uh, again, just just because they're more... They're a more typical European team, aren't they? Very yeah. technical, um, very organised. Senegal, of course. Uh, Sadio Mane. You know, with lightning boots. So uh, I think, you know, there's a good chance he could score. But now I'm going to go, well, I can't go for another one-all. So I'll go go (laughs) 1-0 to (laughs) Poland. So what's the uh, Wednesday games then, Dave? I know we've got Uruguay as one of them. So we've got Uruguay v Saudi. Right, well, that's just my my boys, Uruguay, with my tip. I'm going 3-0 to Uruguay. You know what? I'm going to call it 5 0. I'll raise you. Oh, Dave, biggest prediction of the tournament so far. It is, isn't it? So, in the Uruguay game against Egypt, I've not seen Suarez. Again, like I was saying about Javier Hernandez, I've not seen Suarez miss so many chances. And. You know, I just think he he doesn't generally have two games on the trot like that. And I just think there's just no way that he can't bag a hat-trick against against that team. Now, he, he's not a selfish player, so it could be that, you know, he wriggles free and, and sets other people up. So, yeah. you know, it, it could be one of those. So, um, so yeah. I, I'm going a big score for this one. Nice. So what's the next one then, Dave? Portugal v Morocco. I don't I can't see anything other than a Portugal win. So I'm gonna go two nil to Portugal. Hey, I am um, I'm gonna go one nil. One nil Portugal. So looking at Ben's predictions, he's got oh oh a Gone past. Ah, so he's gone four nil Uruguay Saudi. So you've gone three, Ben's gone four, I've gone five. We're not very popular in Saudi Arabia probably right now. Um <laughs> no. he's gone two nil Portugal. Yeah. That's all right, that's fine. That's fine. They've they've always got a goal conceded in them, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, so you've you've both selected the same there. Okay, very good, very good. Cool. So now, uh, should you have a look at the predictions table, see where we are? Yep. So let's have a look. Like I say, before today kicked off, it was looking pretty bleak for me. And I managed to call all the results correct today, but nailed the first two results. So I called the Belgium uh, results and also the, the earlier Sweden-South Korea results. So, so I managed to keep keep pace with you guys again (laughs) so actually so right now where we are and and 
I don't think we mentioned on air, did we? So we'd spoken about it off air, but what we'd said is if you call the result correctly, so if it's a win, lose, or a draw, and you call that one right, then it's a point. If you nail the score line, then that's three points. So we've been keeping a track as we've been going through. And at the moment, so from bottom to top, so Ben has 13 points. I have 14 points. And Chris, you've got 15 points. Oh, only just, only just. There's literally two points in the whole thing. 13 to 15 is the range. Now that's good. It can change very, very quickly. Yeah, and it probably will tomorrow, Dave. So, yeah. No, good stuff. Good stuff. We'll keep predicting them as well. It adds a bit of interest to us on top of the fantasy football. And obviously, we've got 40-odd people in our league now as well, which is great. So, keep on on trucking everyone out there. Now, Dave, I haven't really got any other World Cup news. There's not really much about anything at the moment. So, after that explosive start with Spain sacking their manager, (laughs) there's not really been too much, has there? No, I mean, it might change as we go. See, see what you usually get is, and I know it's, it doesn't really end up being World Cup news, but if a couple of the teams get kicked out, the managers get sacked straight away, don't they? So you might get, depending if one of the big boys goes out, you might get a sacking. But at the moment, everything's just simmering along. There's been no controversy touch wood yet. We've had no dentist chairs or strippers or anything else going on, and that's usually just with England. So, well, you know, yeah. we'll keep that on the lowdown, but there's been nothing, so... No hats off to what whoever's doing the PR for all these teams. They're keeping it very quiet at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just scanning through now, and there's there's literally nothing. I mean, on the on the chat footy got podcast this morning, I talked a little bit about some of the stories, just around some of the players. Capello was saying that uh, Juventus had a great deal when they sold Pogba, Pogba to United. Yeah. A bit harsh, <laughs> you know. He's not had the best season, has he? But you know, just kick him when he's down, when he's not playing well. Um, Ungolo Kante, you know, he's dodging questions about his future as well. You know, again, Paris Saint Germain, Real Madrid are after him, and so yeah, there's there's plenty of talk. Uh, Patrice Evra as well was talking about Milinkovic Savic. And again, I'm not sure if it was lost in translation, but Evera's English is pretty good. It, he said he must show that he's willing to die for Manchester United if he's going to move there. Well, and I, I thought, yeah. that's really? Well, Dave, I think he's going to fit in pretty well because most of them played like they had rigor mortis in them anyway, so I won't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, if you just said that 10 years ago, it may have carried a bit more weight. I, I don't know. I think even then, I think even United at their height or any club at their height, I think it's a strange choice of words to say you've got to show that you're willing to die. I mean, if, if Kevin De Bruyne became available or, or Eden Hazard, do they have to be willing to die to join another club? No. No, you'd just nonsense. be like, great, brilliant. Get him in there. Yeah, how much do I get? Yeah, so... No, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, we'll uh, keep it on the old lowdown, Dave. And uh, we're back on in two days, aren't we? So we'll have a couple more results. and we'll look. We're, obviously, the groups will start taking shape by then because the second round of games are just starting up, aren't they, in the next couple of days? 
So it might yeah. have a bit more, bit more of a picture whether any of the big boys are going to go or they're going to struggle in the last game or have to pull a result out of their hat to get through. Yeah, so we've got the last last group games tomorrow. So when we record again on Wednesday, we'll have all of that first round done. We'll do a little bit of a look into the Fantasy League team and, and how we're doing with various players. Um, I, I'd taken a gamble on one of the Belgian players, but after what I saw today, I, th- I think I'm going to jettison them out for the second round. But we'll wait till the, the points are all out for this first round of games, and then we'll talk a little bit about that and indulge ourselves a bit in fantasy football there. Oh, nice one, nice one. So, uh, Dave, have you got any plugs for us as we take ourselves out? Yes. So let's start with the Grassroots Coachcast. So this one's all about coaching youth soccer or youth football. And basically myself and my co-host, Ben, we talk about coaching at that level. And we go through all of our experiences, both good and bad, and and try and give advice uh, to other coaches who are in the same kind of position. I think the other podcast I'd like to plug is the Comics in Motion podcast. So we've just released our 20th episode there. We've done a Cobra Kai review which is basically a follow-on from the original karate kid movie back in that came out in 1984 um a lot of fun reviewing that series and and i uh, listening back it's it's quite a fun listen as well so yeah, it's got <laughs> go, an hour it's brilliant yeah go go and have a listen to that one um chris do you have any well, uh, my contextual podcast one, now we, we've had not done an episode, we did one last week and I've been trying to edit it, but I've got a child talking in the background, so I'm really struggling with the edit, Dave, I'll be honest with you. So that's going to go up ex- episode 48, so I'm heavily cutting that at the moment. So mm-hmm. I feel your pain because you have the same thing with ours and I've, obviously I've done loads of podcasts cutting and stuff so it's going to take me a while but i was supposed to be interviewing a few guys tonight but it's like half 11 there's no way i can do it with work yeah, one of them yeah. because the guy from america wants to come on and i said to him like we'll have to do it a weekend if you're going to do it so i think on sunday we're recording at 10 o'clock our time so that's not too bad it'll only be an hour and then um we've got obviously the chat footy gossip podcast as well which is your Daily transfer news and roundup. You know, thanks for Dave today. Did the business. I'm sure I'm back on duty tomorrow uh, with the podcast. And any transfer news speculation, give us a shout. And on uh, Twitter as well, chat footy gossip. So things are looking good day for us both. Really good. So um, yep. yeah. Um, what about your vlog? Oh, the vlog. Yeah, episode two and three are up now. I think uh, I'm not as many views on Facebook. I'm running about 170 views on the latest one I've put on part three, which is still good. The first one was at 400, so I'm hoping to beat that. And then I'm, on YouTube, I'm running at about 30, 40 views at the moment. So I want to get that up to a couple of hundred as well. So I'm just doing a bit of promoting. And I've had plenty of the vlogging community watch it, which is good. And it, they're saying it's really good. Someone's come on tonight saying, I love the honesty of the vlogging. Not many do that. You know, I'll, I'm going to binge watch what you're doing. <laughs> Thinking, you know, fair enough. <laughs> so you better get more episodes out then. <laughs> yeah, all three of them. So, oh, no, thanks uh, for that. But yeah, going well, Dave. Really well. So excellent, excellent. And so, you know, I know we're into plugs, but in our news section, one of the things I and it's not really World Cup news. It's more kind of Premier League. But the team is in the World Cup as well. So, Wolves this evening have signed Rui Patricio on a free transfer, 
Now, Rui Patricio, as I'm sure you'll know, Chris, is the Portugal goalkeeper. Yeah. That's so, a... not a bad bit of business. No, you know, with the links that Wolves have got, you always suspect there's going to be there's going to be some big names coming in to to bolster that squad for the Premier League season. But it's it's going to be one to watch. You know who they bring in. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's George Mendes. He's influenced straight away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. real, real, real good. And they could be a dark horse for this season. So we'll have to see about that one day. That could be good. That. They could be. I mean, he's he's got 70 caps for Portugal, played 460 times for Sporting. As a Liverpool fan, I'm kind of looking at it thinking, come on. <laughs> I know, I know. Put me out of my misery. Just get someone. You know, yeah. I still, Buffon's supposed to be off to Paris Saint-Germain. I, I, I still kind of harbour hopes of bringing someone like that in, you know. So if you can bring in a young keeper and a, a kind of, an older head, you know, Buffon would be absolutely ideal. But we just seem to, you know, for, for years, Arsenal had it, didn't they? Before yeah. they brought in Czech, they just couldn't, sort of in between Seaman, David Seaman and Czech, they just had this string of just, you know, probably very capable goalkeepers, but just not like top four goalkeepers. And so that's what, you know, to be honest, not to turn this into talking about Liverpool, but that's just what I'm looking for, to be honest. Yeah. And, and I think it's right, Dave, at the end of the day. It's it's just, he's a top player and these these players there that you need, keepers especially. After what happened in that final, you desperately need a world-class keeper. But then again, look at De Gea. He made, he made a mistake the other day, so they've all got it in them. Like you say, but that's that's a one in a blue moon occasion, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I, I at the football tournament at the weekend, actually, I I was singing De Gea's praises. I was saying, look, it, I mean, Neuer's been in, injured for most of this season, gone, hasn't he? So for me, De Gea's been the best goalkeeper in the world for the last year at least. Exactly. exactly. I mean, for me, he stops United being that mid-table side. Yeah, he does at the moment. No, he does. He does all day. He's taking great pleasure in that. I hope he's a subtle dig when you can. I hope the um, I hope the, the podcast has stopped now. No, no. But you're right. You're right. So I'm saying that bit out. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Keep it in. Keep it in. You don't keep it in. I, I, I take all the abuse. I give you plenty about Liverpool. So keep it in. Keep it in. But no, it's been. We'll see, Dave. We'll see as the time comes. So um, thanks everyone for listening. It's been another episode in the bag, number four. Dave, as always, top man. Hopefully we'll have Ben on and maybe somebody else. If not, it's just me and you riding our, solo. Our list of, of guests <laughs> <laughs> looked fruitful at the start, didn't it? And then it's yeah. me and me. Yeah, me uh, and you all the time. <laughs> Consistency is the key, Dave. Well, yeah, no, thanks everyone and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, everyone. Talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs> Take the look at his heart.